Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Welcome to Lost Legends, Tales of Thurn. This is Ben, the DM. The kaboom forces the ship forward into the water. And we just keep firing the cannons until inch by inch we make it west. My name is Theron. My uncle is, was his college roommate. Kalanon, what you use this for is you use this to defeat the dust buddies. I'm Big Boots. I'm your new best friend. They want biscuits? Oh, they want those backdoor biscuits. My name's Magna. You're chained up. That's kinky. You can call us the Dirty Water Boys. You are the Dirty Water Boys? Last time on Lost Legends Tales of Thern, our heroes finished brokering the peace between Garrick's army and the town of Hill's Farm. Having finally settled their score, the Dirty Water Boys set off for the Temple of the Nine, a holy shrine used by Oracle's past, in order for Nazera to receive revelation and recharge her godly powers. On the way, they were waylaid temporarily by a friendly bridge troll, Baldabras, and finally made it to the temple. With the Oracle in the center, stone-hewn seat of power, our heroes defended her from soldiers of the Golden Empire led by Grigorovich the Wizard and his flesh golem Grease. Our scene continues, with Nazera being fully charged and having just dispatched the last two attacking soldiers. I, I really like burn from coffee. <laughs> Anyone else get that? Or am I just old? You're old. Coffee. My drink coffee. You're old. Old. Guys, like how we doing? Dispatched. Exploded their fucking heads. Doing all Great. Right. Doing really good. Doing okay? Yeah, we got our engagement pictures done yesterday. Ooh, so that's one thing out of the way. I, we, we got to see some of them as they were, you know, like she'd be like, oh, look at this one. Look at that one. And they turned out really nice. So I'm, I'm really excited. She said they'd be available to like share on Facebook and stuff by next when, uh, next weekend. And, Very nice. uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. She was because yesterday it was a little, a uh, little cloudy, and she was saying that's actually like perfect for pictures because then people, you know, if it's too bright, people are kind of squinting and they don't turn out as well. Um, but then if it's too rainy, you know, then you can't really do the pictures. You got to get a little creative with it. So yeah, it was good. It's kind of like a like a best case scenario all the way around, you know. Very nice. Well, congrats to you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Joey, you get your your engagement pictures done? Yeah, yeah, I got it done. <clears throat> got it done yesterday. Yeah, actually, you and, you and your cat Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> I get that pussy Shut somehow. Up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, all right. So real quick, we don't table talk a whole lot, but I'm really fucking glad I got to kill Skavorovich, bitch. I'm really <laughs> glad about that. It's one of those underboss. It's like good riddance, you know finally got to put him in the ground well i mean because like every other baddie just always slips through our fingers like oh he turned into a a cloud of smoke and disappeared i'm like nah if i can see this fucking guy i'm gonna fucking grab him it's a good use of the claw that doesn't come out in a while yeah it's been a while since since the murder of my father i think the claw the claw is my master (laughs) like like lobster (laughs) johnson prepare for the claw (laughs) you and i are the only ones gonna get that reference (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, speaking of, so I've been ordering more Hellboy comics online, like the omnibuses. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a chance to read those? Uh, I have. I have the first graphic novel somewhere. I've never read it though. So good. Yeah, I've got. If you ever want to borrow one, because I finished reading through. There's uh, Hellboy Part One, Two, and Three, mm-hmm. and then it wraps up with Hellboy in Hell. And I just ordered. Um, I have Edward Gray, the Witchfinder, and then um, Devil You Know Omnibus came in the mail earlier last week. Yeah, if you ever want to read through that, any of that, that goes for all of you. If you ever want to read through it, just give me a holler. Like Hellboy's my favorite superhero by a wide margin, you know. Nice. Yeah, I might take lot- up on that, especially if you have like- the BPRD. Do you have the BPRD series? I have, uh, I have Devil You Know, but I don't have the other ones in Omnibus yet. I, I just have the uh, electronic, because I have like the Dark Horse app on my phone, mm-hmm. so I can read them through that. But as far as hard copies, I only have the last part. I, I want to get, um, I want to get caught up on Hellblazer, like, cause I have uh, the graphic novels of one and two and three. I want to read the rest of those. I really like Hellblazer. I know Tell it's like Hellblazer. I've heard of him, but I don't know anything about him. All right. So, everyone, thank you for joining us for uh, comic book talk <laughs> this episode, apparently. Uh, Hellblazer is Constantine, Constantine, um, depending on your your pronunciation of it. Uh, basically, he's just a dude who's really good at magic and, like, fucks with devils and angels and stuff. And then, like, basically just kind of like a shitty magician that, like, gets out of everything with his wits and cunning and stuff. Like, he That's outsmarts cool. the devil and God and stuff just by... Being a dickhead. It's like if the Winchester brothers had a baby with Doctor Strange. I I would say it's just more his charisma, honestly, than anything. <laughs> yeah, he, he just yeah, his charisma is a lot of it. That's cool. Yeah. So if you like the darker kind of comics, you might like Hellblazer. Is that the uh, same Constantine that like John Constantine that's in yeah. DC? Yeah. Uh, um, so originally it was part of Vertigo Comics that was like not part of the DC universe. Uh, but then they've kind of brought them into the main universe of DC because uh, DC owns that title. Yeah. So okay. Justice League, Justice Justice League Dark. There's a couple movies that are out. Um, those are great, by the way. Mm-hmm. DC's animated universe is fantastic, but also the CW Constantine is the same as well. Like no, the one into season. that. It sounds cool. Yeah, one season was actually on NBC when it first aired. Oh, um, it was, it was, it was it really was, good. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good, but just it was on Friday. It aired on Fridays at like eight o'clock, so it's like no one's gonna watch it. But yeah, but now he's on like uh, Legends of Tomorrow. So, anyways, that's it. That's yeah, that's comic book corner, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we we killed this motherfucker. <laughs> Nazira's all charged up. She's got the god power. Yep, she's got the juice. So kind of picking up from last time, she's got her arms spread out, T pose, holding both of them in place with like her magical godly power. Um, and then she clenches both of her fists and their, their heads explode. And not in like a dignified way, more in like like someone popped a meat-filled water balloon and it's just everywhere, you know? And so at that point, she uh, her hands are still kind of out. And that's when her eyes almost seem to like roll back down into her head. And she's just kind of like breathing really heavy. And she looks around the room and she says, oh, what's what's going on here? What, are, is everything okay? Are, are you all right? Theron! Theron's going to, like, dissipate the elk, so they just, like, kind of, you know, turn back into little spirits and then just apparate away and just, like, run over to her. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we had some company while you were gone. Just tell me everyone's okay. Well, everyone but those two guys, he says, pointing at the guys with the exploded heads. And she just kind of looks over in horror as she, uh, 
you know, she was being ch- channeling godly energy. You know, she she was not in full control of herself. Um, and she is just horrified that she's popped these guys because um, she's never really killed anyone before, you know. And uh, yeah, so she just kind of starts to like shudder and um, say, takes a seat back down in the stone hewn throne on the rock, you know, and just kind of starts to like you can tell she's kind of zoning in and out um, like this is really bothering her. Theron's just going to sit down next to her and, like, just take a minute to comfort her. You know, put his cloak up around her. It It's it's going to be okay. Big Boots does this all the time. So, yeah, she would look across to see Big Boots, and she just kind of is like, oh, okay. Uh. I'm just struggling to get my trident out of the dead mage. Looks <laughs> 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 well, like we got to bring him with. Start dragging it along. <laughs> no, but... Uh, but yeah, she uh, she's able to kind of center herself after a little while. And um, she would just kind of like very seriously tell you guys, she says, I, I feel much better now. Thank thank you for, for escorting me here. I just, uh, there's something you need to know. What is it? He says, I, I communed with the gods and um, just kind of, you know, this has happened maybe twice in my life where I, it's a direct speaking with them, like mano a mano. You know, not just them showing me things or pieces of things, you know, pieces of the puzzle that is the future, but like, you know, actually speaking with them at this point in the in the, the build up to the war, she says the uh, the last dragon clan has been united under uh, Draconon and the Golden Empire. He's just finished his work. So the war is imminent. Great. Yeah. And so so as it stands, the other nations don't stand a chance against this army of dragons led by this massive army uh, with the Golden Empire that's been mustering outside of Indiglis. How long um, do we have? It was about three weeks. Three weeks Ooh. before they Damn. plan their attack. Um, yeah, so time is of the essence, for sure. They, did they give you a cheat code or anything of how to uh, beat them? She says, <laughs> she says, well... Um, Any more godly blessed weapons or anything like that we can get? Hyperbolic time chamber, something. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she says, "Well, the uh, for- Fortana, the goddess of fate, um, told me that there there is a way. There is a way that we can mitigate this, um, and that hope is not lost." She said, "We uh, there there was a name that she said to me." Um, is Fortana the goddess of fate, or is Thajun the goddess of fate? I'm sorry, Fortana. I, I should have said Thajun. Yeah, Thajun's the god of fate. Fortana's luck. Yeah, she says, uh, Thajun shared with me a, uh, you know, hope is not lost. And Thajun shared a name, uh, Kargazar. Kargazar would have the answers. We had an angel or something come up to us and mention that name before. <coughs> yes, uh, our our hope lies with Kargazar. Those were Thajun's exact words. Did uh, did old Thajun say where we can see it, find this person? He says, yes, uh, somewhere around here and the uh, oracle stands up from the rock and just kind of starts to look around. There's like all these like moth-eaten tapestries, and um, eventually, so in the outer circle, like where all the the inner sanctum, and then it's, because it's kind of a cylinder shape, the building is. Um, there's like an outer hallway that kind of rings the whole place, um, and she would eventually find a mosaic of the uh, creation of the world and all that, and the dragons, and you know Corey's hold and all that. And so in the mosaic, you would see. A large black dragon, like like huge, like size of mountains, you know, um, in the mosaic. 
and that would be Draconon. And then flying slightly below is a white dragon that's a little bit smaller. Um, she says, there, that, the younger brother of the eldest dragon, uh, there is Kargazar. He says, Kargazar should have the answers we seek. Is he listed in the yellow pages, or, or how we find <laughs> this boy? Uh, go ahead and roll history, guys. Thirteen. Unnatural twenty. A dirty twenty. <laughs> Nineteen. Natural one. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's a dragon? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the carpet czar? <laughs> Who am I? That'd be a really great business, though. Come to carpet czar's, comrade. <laughs> we will give you all your carpet needs. In Soviet Russia, carpet walks on you. Well, there would no be czar. There'd be no czars in Soviet Russia. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you have to take the managers out back. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but yeah. So, uh, big boots and Theron. You had a nineteen. Yeah. Okay, big boots and Theron. You would know. So you've never heard of this Kargazar fella as a person, but you would know to the far north. There's a mountain range called the Kargazar Mountains. Probably the best spot to first look. So, yeah. as far north, that's on the same continent, right? Because I know we went to the other continent that was to the north earlier. Is it on the other continent we went to, or is this on the same continent? So, this would be... So, you're talking about the one with the Beholder? No, that, the I know that's that's Kyera Bale in the south. I remember we went to one nation to the north. That's where we ran into the, the Red Star, Red Dawn. Oh, yeah. So that would be the same continent, but further north. This was so that, yeah, that that was the same continent, but further north, outside of the reach of the Golden Empire. Okay, so even more north than where we were before. Yep, yep, further north. Yeah, this is about okay. as far up as you go before you hit the glaciers. Uh, yeah, should we head there? Do you want to still come with us, Zara, or is there a safe house you want to go to? He says, honestly, the safest place I feel is right here with you. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then before we leave, I want to loot the dead body of the mage because we never loot anyone. Excellent. On him, you find his remaining three gold pieces that he didn't pay the the, the citizens toll. out there. Oh. Troll toll. No, no, no yeah. sweet spell scrolls, no deer diary or anything like that. A deary? A deary. No, you, uh, um, you'd find, uh, we'll say... Go ahead and roll a d4. That's a two. Two. So you would find uh, four second level spell scrolls. And um, so I I hadn't really planned that out. Um, I'll let you pick. Ooh. All right. I'm going to pocket those. Also, I have a silent uh, no, but yeah counter. So far, it's well at least one every episode. It, which is a Midwestern thing. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's a big Midwest thing. We all do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, so I guess I guess we're gonna head to those Carthazar Mountains, right? So as you guys leave the temple, um, Nazara would just kind of she'd go over to one of the bodies with the exploded head, and um, you guys would see her hurt 
you know, her shoulders are down, her head is down, and she's just kind of quiet. Um, you'd see, you know, a couple of tears dripping down, like she's still pretty upset about it. Theron's going to walk over and he's going to take off his cloak and just like put it on her and put the hood up for her so she can kind of hide her face. Yeah, she um, she appreciates it. She says, you know, when I was told that I was going to be the Oracle, I was just a kid. I, uh, you know, I, I was I was taken. I, I agreed to it. My parents agreed to it. And, and I was taken from from my folks. That's my earliest memory is is the guards coming and telling me I was the new Oracle. You know, and I was I was assured that I was going to be the oracle for all nations, even these ones. And she kind of, you know, these I was their oracle too. And it's just, um, I just really hope that we don't have to go through that again. He says, "Could before we leave?" And she just kind of looks up at you guys. She says, "Can can we bury their bodies at least?" Of course. Yeah, you'd find a, a suitable spot. Um, that would probably take you to about dusk. Oh, with the exception of Grigorovich, we're going to burn his body. It's probably a good idea. <laughs> you never know what he might have had up his sleeve or connections he may have had. So the, the there was four soldiers? Four soldiers, yep. Okay, yeah, we'll bury theirs and then burn Grigorovich's. Um, you're able to build a pretty big fire uh, and burn Grigorovich's body easy enough. You know, if you guys, I, I'm kind of envisioning like, you know, you finish all that by dusk kind of camp for the night and then you'd be heading out the next morning um, just to avoid any dark unpleasantness that might be in the night, especially because it's been a long day for you guys. So Nazareth's kind of got like the campfire built, um, starts to, to cook over it. At this point, you guys would see a, a falcon kind of approaching from the east. Um, this falcon lands. Can I have everybody roll perception? Eight. For Magna. Eight. Okay. Eighteen. Okay. Seventeen. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yes, you guys would all see, as it approaches, you can tell it's a paper bird. Um, it sits, it uh, kind of flies down and lands right in um, Kaladon's lap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know who this is. It's Aris, um, the magical wizard. <laughs> Heck yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, so... So as soon as it lands in your lap and you go to touch it, it's almost like like touch activated uh, through like magical means where it just kind of slowly unfolds itself. Mm-hmm. And you can see a, a very fancy writing, um, you know, and you kind of are able to read through. It's a, a letter, a response letter from the princess. All right. And what does it say? Uh, she says that, you know, they've um, military around the area. They've heard whispers that they... Uh, Something big has happened, and uh, now there's kind of a, a more frantic general muster as the uh, the soldiers get ready and prepare for battle. You know, kind of like they, like they seem to be making final preparations. So they've really whipped up their, uh, I guess, like counter movement to that um, in, a, in a very big way, uh, trying to delay it at all costs, take it, you know, make them take as much time as possible, so giving the other nations time to prepare. Looks like the princess has given us an update. It looks like something's happened and everybody's on edge. Uh, something's big. Something something very big is going to happen soon. I say, yeah, knowing what the Oracle told you and, and hearing this, you would assume that, you know, they got the message back that the dragons are now firmly under their control. Yeah. And there's a section in there where she would, you know, talk about how she misses you and hopes you're doing well before, you know, she could 
not in like a weird way, but she could keep tabs on you guys and kind of spy on you using her her mirror, like the, yeah. the handheld mirror that was in in her uh, you know bedroom and stuff, um, just to make sure you guys are all right. And uh, you know that is since broken during the assassination attempt. So she has no way, no realistic way of keeping tabs on you guys without letters. Looks like time is of the essence. Should we uh, write her back and let her know what we're doing? Yeah, we're going to go to the uh, the Northern Nations, correct? Correct. All right. And I would write to her, letting her know where we're going. And that... In coded also, language? No, not in... Co- well, Morse code. It, this letter... <laughs> did this letter come to me in coded language? Uh, it didn't, but it was touch activated, so no one but you could open it. Cool. Do I know that magic? Can I send this back? Yeah. Yeah, there'd be a you'd be able to do that. It's kind of encoded into the paper bird, you know. All right. Yeah. Um. So only to her touch, and then yes, let her know exactly where we're going. Uh, what has happened thus far? Let her know about Nazara. Let her know about Bobby. Um. And then let her know that I also miss her, and that I hope she's doing well. Excellent. Yeah, and as soon as you uh, kind of say the the command word for this paper bird, it starts to fold itself back up and then um, it kind of looks at you and nods a few times. And uh, mm. as you hold it in your hand, it's almost like it's pecking at your hand, like a chicken would. And then it kind of goes and like the wind catches it and it flies off back to the east. All right. Or the southeast, rather. I'll just stare longingly for a moment or two. Okie doke. Um, yeah, the Oracle, uh, Nazara would kind of lean into uh, to Theron and whisper, I think Kalanon's got himself a girlfriend. Theron's just gonna be like, uh, yeah, duh, where, where have you been? <laughs> oh, yeah, wait, you already do that? We, we, we all knew that. Right, right. Sorry, sorry. New, new she, person. She was being tortured for, like, weeks on end. You can give her a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just, like, kind of now getting up to speed on, on where everyone sits with everyone else. So the uh, night passes, um, morning comes, you guys are able to start your trek up to the, uh, to the northern, they call it the northern wastes, because it is, you reach a point and it's just kind of mountains and glaciers, not, not a whole lot exciting up there once you reach a certain point. Um, about a week and a half into the travel on this northern road, there would be a point, you guys have your horses, and the uh, oracle, you know, you guys are all kind of riding, and the, uh, the oracle would like pull hers to stop. She uh, just kind of looks around. You see her blinking a lot. And she kind of looks around like frantically for a moment. Um, this would be right in the middle of a large forest. Um, there's kind of a beaten path road uh, cutting the way through this large forest as you head your way north. Um, you know, she's kind of looking around. You can see her kind of smelling, looking as she would turn to Big Boots and uh, say, Big Boots, how how are you feeling? Are you good? Very good? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Did you see something? What? Oh my god. Do I do I lose a lot of money in Bitcoin? What's happening? Tell me. <laughs> Only a bit of coin. <laughs> no, she uh she just kind of takes a moment and breathe like breathes deeply to try and center herself. You can tell she calms down a little bit and she says, "No, I uh I was just thirsty. Would you mind fetching me some water? There should be a river just just over the hill over there. A small creek if you wouldn't mind." Uh sh- sure. All right, I'll just waddle she, uh, my little little body down. Totally, yeah. She'd take out her like uh, 
essentially like sheepskin kind of water pouch. And she'd like toss it to you. Say, much, much obliged. Thank you. I'm, I'm parched. Okay. A little suspicious of this Big Boots is, but he's, he's, he'll do it. All right. So as you uh, make your way through the woods, pretty dense, uh, dense woods, um, eventually you do find the stream that she was talking about. And uh, as you're kind of filling up the water pouch with it, you would see um, kind of across the way, this river is pretty shallow, maybe like a foot deep, you know, as the water just kind of comes through, maybe 10 feet to the other side. Uh, you would see kind of in your upper peripheral vision, uh, another set of hands filling up a water skin of sorts. Uh, the hands look to be uh, kind of a dark green, almost like a grayish, um, very thick, obviously belong to someone pretty large. And as you look okay. up, uh, you hear a, a voice you haven't heard in what seems like years. And uh, she says, oh, hi, big boots. I didn't expect to see you here. So you look up and see little love. My mama! Uh, uh, Big Boots literally just like uh, just throws the water skin and just runs across the river to, to jump into her arms. Excellent. Yeah, she picks you up and just kind of bear hugs you, um, almost squeezing the breath out of you, you know, as she uh, just kind of like starts to like laugh to herself and she's just like overjoyed to see you. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, Big Boots is just like, oh, uh, like really happy and then like the guilt of what happened kind of sets in and just like says ah, I'm mom I'm I'm really really sorry I wasn't there to tell you myself about She's, Big Daddy Goldcoin. As you're speaking she just kind of puts her finger up to your lips and she says no no none of that this is a happy moment. Just kind of smiles and picks you up puts you on her shoulders and uh, she says now, now tell me what you're doing out here this is pretty far last time I heard you were you were in Indiglis, right? Down south? Okay. Uh, what do you know of the world-scale events going on, Mom? She says, well, our uh, our tribe has been on edge. Um, she says, I'm with a small group of hunter and gatherers, uh, just maybe a mile to the, to the west here. Um, and we're uh, trying to gather food in the area, take it back to the tribe down south. Uh, of our original clan? Indeed, yes. Okay, okay. Um, so shit's kind of hit the fan on the world stage and it's not my fault. Not one. Well, of course not. Why would it be? And she smiles at you. Of course not. I'm a sweet baby and I could never do a wrong, right? Indeed. Well, (laughs) mostly. (laughs) Uh, I, I'm kind of wrapped up in the moment. He's going to like realize, oh shit. And he's going to like, you know, Rocky talkie. Hey guys, come, uh, Spamoni, uh, Come to the river. Um, you want to meet my mom? She oh, says, that's a uh, weird request. Yeah, she's just meet like, oh, nonsense. I, I can go to you. And she, uh, you know, she she would stand about a foot taller than the, than the other barbarians in the tribe. Um, she's very much like half orc, you know, but she's just kind of taller and more built, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a, a big lady. And um, so she would kind of start walking over to meet you guys. Just kind of like, a, oh, no, 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 if you have friends, no need to get him worried or, you know, I'll, I'll go. I'll come to you. Uh, yeah, we walk up like, hey, guys, this is my mom. Well, adopted mom, but my mom, we don't use the word adopted in this family. That's right. You're our son just as much as anyone else. And she you guys would see her smile. Um, Big Boots, go ahead and describe what your mom looks like, aside from being very tall and very broad. So uh, as as previously mentioned, I was raised by an orc and half orc. Uh, barbarian tribe so she's uh, a big strong lady um within our tribe names are given to 
uh, us by like the the like the leader of the tribe. Uh, and usually, the name is assigned to give an honor to or something to live up to. So her name was Little Love uh, because they wanted her to like you know be this great big strong barbarian war monster, and she's like a very caring and loving person. So her name's actually kind of ironic for her uh, growing up now. Uh, and yeah. And I was named Big Boots because I have like a lot of I have big boots to fill with my adopted dad of being like a great warrior. So yeah, this is this is the the group. Uh, we're we're the Dirty Water Boys, uh, and we're trying to save the world, Mom. Nazara would be like, "It's very nice to meet you, Miss Love." Um, did you bring the water? Uh, no, I threw it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love to just like like toss her water skin. Be like, oh no worries, and just toss it over. Nazara catches it and starts, you know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, mom, the world's probably going to end in about three weeks, roughly. Um, so being in the woods is probably not a bad spot for you guys to be in, I guess. She uh, she would kind of pick you up from her shoulders and place you back on the horse. She says three weeks. You say, it, yeah, roughly, maybe two weeks now. One and a half. (laughs) Yeah. She uh, says, well, I suppose I should be frightened at this, but here, come, come to our camp. We, uh, we have food and and lodging prepared uh, for you. You'll, you'll be safe for the time being, please. Uh, And she kind of says to, to the rest of the dirty water boys, she says, from the looks of it, my son has grown very fond of you. Please allow me to repay this kindness. But I, I feel like he's more or less tolerated us but uh yeah no it's um been a, a wonderful relationship we've had with them so nice to meet you by the way say she kind of bows awkwardly <laughs> oh despite your your flaws callie i i still i still hang around with you i twitch <laughs> i twitch <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, thank you for listening to Lost Legends Tales of Thern. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Uh, this is episode 14. So, quick little announcement. Um, we're probably going to do the Q&A episode uh, shortly after this gets released. So get your questions ready. Uh, follow us on the uh, the Discord or your social medias for the post. And submit your questions there on Twitter, Instagram. Probably won't do it on Instagram. I never really update the Instagram. But Twitter, Facebook, uh, Lost Legends T.O.T., uh and uh discord probably the best way so if you find the link there uh join the discord and just post the questions there that'll be the first spot i look for questions and then everyone else from there uh and then fellow cast members try to think of some questions for each other uh if they come up uh i q a episodes are a little masturbatory but i don't know i think with the D podcast being storytelling i think it's i think it's not as bad because you know we're wanting to like get to know the story more or whatever but yeah ben tell us about your blog brother Yes, my blog um, has a kind of a mixed bag of stuff. There's some things about teaching um, from the last six years, uh, you know, kind of observations and tips and tricks. Uh, The same can be said of dungeon mastering. I've got different DM tips on there uh, from the last about decade of being a DM. Um, It's got dad jokes. It's got kind of just like life stories, uh, a couple of recipes, um, just a a pretty big mixed bag of of different things that I like to write about. 
You can find that the uh, the site is beardythedungeonmaster.wordpress.com is the uh, the link to it. Awesome. Uh, it's kind of a fun project, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, WordPress.com? Yep. Awesome. Uh, Kat Sterling. You're Sterling, not Callie. Sterling, tell us all about how you're going to be cooking human flesh on your Twitch channel. As part of this long, long pig, I believe, is what it was referred to as. Yes. I don't know. Just skin it and then fry it and just have the rind, you know. <laughs> Make a nice roux. <laughs> That's not how roux are made, but like... Oh, it's human flesh. You can do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no. Uh, on Twitch, Cat uh, Good Mage. Um, on Saturdays, I mostly cook, um, and throughout the week, I play video games, um, RPGs, FPSs, a mix of it, whatever I'm feeling. So, but yeah, uh, come check me out at twitch.tv backslash Cat Good Mage. Hell yeah. And you can also, if you want to support the show, uh, hit up our Patreon, patreon.com slash lost sleep. You get a uh, bunch of bonus content and you play D&D with us and you get Discord uh, privileges. Uh, shout outs. Uh, shout out to uh, this episode is going to be to Kyle Carthel. Thank you so much, Kyle. We appreciate it. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, let's play Overwatch with him a ton. Yes, you do. Uh, yeah. And then we want to thank about the stickers. You get stickers. Yeah, you get stickers that Sterling has definitely gotten by now and <laughs> will <laughs> not be missing them at all. Uh, and then I uh, want to thank the Make Fun Network for uh, allowing us on the network. Uh, just follow all the other shows. Top 5 of Death, This Rules, This Sucks, Psycho Comico, my other show, uh, Sleep with the Light On, it's a horror and paranormal podcast, and uh, Godzilla Destroy All Podcasts. Uh, it's a just a show where we talk about different kaiju in the Godzilla universe. And also, Alec and Joey are here. Follow hey. me on Twitter. And I, I have been streaming a little bit on my Twitch. Um, yeah, it's, it's whenever I have an opportunity. I'm hoping to be able to get a schedule out, a consistent one, but it's kind of... I stream whenever I have time, so... It'll uh, probably be mostly stream. Destiny 2. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Clothar, C-H-L-O-T-H-A-R. And same, and then uh, my Twitter is C H L zero T H A R. Awesome. All right, uh, and until next time, guys, stay sexy. I don't remember what I say. Keep on being sexy. Stay sexy, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Uh, as we're walking by on my mom's shoulders, just finger gunning every finger gunning everyone, showing off my musha thrasha. Like, hey, what's up? Hey, yeah, me, yeah. You know, just kind of being like a a cocky little shit, kind of. Totally. Like, look at me now, bitches. Yeah, essentially. Um, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, little love would lead you guys. Um, there'd be a place to tether your horses uh, safely. Um, she would lead you back to her tent, which is pretty spacious. She comes inside and. Um, you guys kind of sit around kind of the central area. It really her Her tent is shaped somewhat like a teepee. So you guys would be able to kind of sit in a circle and uh, big boots. She would kind of look at you and say, some, some things don't change, my boy. And uh, I mean that in a good way, of course. You're always very entertaining, more entertaining than most of the lot around here. Oh, I'm a precocious little scamp, aren't I? Because apparently being a barbarian means you don't get to have a sense of humor. Never understood that one. <laughs> um, she says now one thing that I I never told you uh, growing up was I, I figured you had enough of, of your own things going on as a boy um, she says I, I am actually not from this tribe I was from a um, a different tribe if you will you know entered this tribe as I married your father and um, you know being unable to have children you were just such a blessing you know, that we were able to find you and and you've become our boy. She says, that being said, in my, my old tribe, whenever there's a, the word is a fushtar. She says, I, I, I believe it translates to a, a widow. Um, when a person becomes fushtar, um, you know, her husband has passed and uh, there's a ritual to, um, you know, say goodbye to that person. She says, that ritual is normally done by the eldest son of the the deceased father. Oh, okay. Um, she says, "Now I, I've I've had no idea where you were. I assumed you're off making your fortune, finger gunning, uh, as usual." And she kind of <laughs> chuckles. Um, says, "But it it must be. It's it's." She says, "There's no other way about it. It must be the will of the gods that you are here in this moment." Um, and she pulls out the uh, like the spell scroll, essentially that um, has the uh, the ritual written down on it. Uh, more of a scroll, like a like a how to list to do this ritual. Um, she says they, uh, you know, she has every ingredient she needs except for one, and that is a rare type of flower that's found in the uh, found in the hills um, up to the north of here, a couple of miles. Um, what's what's the flower, Mom? It's a violet orchid. Is what she needs to complete the ritual. Okay, kind of like a like a spiritual send off is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. giving the widow closure. Yeah, I can I can definitely get that, Mom. Um, yeah, uh, is is that all? Is that all we need? She says, yes, I I believe I have everything else around here. There's animal fat, a little bit of wax, salt. As I believe we should be able to accomplish this. So, Mom, as as a a widow, uh, is this tribe still still tra- treating you okay? She says I've I've seen it in the past where widows um, in our tribe get uh, I don't want to say shunned, but treated less than. But uh, being the, the, the biggest and strongest of them, I, they're not going to throw away their best hunter. Good. Otherwise, no, I have I've, to uh, shake a fist at someone. Yeah, and uh, she, she's found a way to make herself useful here, you know, in the absence of Big Daddy Goldcoin. Okay. I know for the story, it'd be best to have this be a group thing, but I, I think Big Boots would really want to try to do it on his own. All right. Uh, I, I'd, I'd be like, hey, guys, uh, there's a, a funeral ritual. 
I have to do. Um, it requires a special flower on the mountain a few miles ahead. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure this might be something I do on my own, but I, I, I don't know. Big Boots, just do whatever you need to do. If you need closure this way, by all means, go out on your own. Okay. Uh, if, you, if you guys want to keep going to, to meet Carthazar, I can meet back up with you. But okay. uh, this is something I definitely have to do on my own. Or I definitely have to do, for sure. I think we'll stay put here and, and wait on you. I don't think we can really do anything with do this, go any further without you. I think we'll we'll stand by, let you get let you do what you need to do, and then when you're ready, uh, we'll be here for you. Yeah, I, I don't know, Ben. Just I, I really feel Big Boots would would want to do this on his own. If you can think of a reason to help him come along, by all means. But no, I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah, um, there's definitely things around the camp that they could use help with as well for the rest of the Dirty Water Boys while you're getting the flower. Yeah. Uh, so I would, you know, if you want to just. Is it kind of evening? I would go out in the morning, or oh, this would be around noonish, uh, maybe twelve, one o'clock ish. Okay. I mean, you could definitely get there and back before dusk. Okay, I'm gonna just in the camp draw the Omotrukatal symbol. That okay. way, I can fast travel back if I need to. Excellent. Heck yeah, she. Uh, you, you know, little love would just kind of look puzzled at the symbol and say, "You've you've learned a thing or two." In my absence, haven't you? Oh, yeah, Mom, I'm magic now. And press to digitate, like, sparks coming out my fingers. Like, dude, and this isn't even all I can do. Like, I can, like, I can literally sing a song and, like, people feel stronger. It's pretty badass, Mom. She just chuckles. She says, oh, I, I would love to hear all about it, of course. Um, you were always such a good storyteller, boy. And she kind of just, like, pats your cheek very gently with her giant hand. Yeah, like, I've killed dragons all by myself. I These guys were, like beggars in the streets i have rescued them from like poverty and now like we're the, this cool band of people who save the world it's pretty great she just kind of smiles and looks at the rest of you as she says of course of course you have you'll see numerous eyes twitching yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so big boots you're able to set out um one other part of the ritual before before you set out there is a, a face paint that you get um, which is made from like crushed up fruit that's been dried. She's already kind of got that ready. She had no idea that you would be here, you know. And so she's kind of getting ready to do it herself before the camp left this area. Um, so, you know, once again, will of the gods that you were here for this moment to take and take part in this ritual. Uh, she would take it and kind of just do up. It's about half of your face that gets covered in this red kind of like purplish reddish paint. Um, and then the other half, it mainly just comes around your eye like an eyeliner. Okay. Pretty dope. Carries you on her shoulders over to the edge of the camp, kind of sets you down, and uh, you'd see big tears well up in her eyes. And uh, she says, you know, you've always just been such a surprise to me. When I found that uh, your father and I couldn't have children, it, I was devastated. And the gods willed it that you are ours. He says, and with the gods willing it now that you complete this for Big Daddy Goldcoin, um, she says, uh, I just... You're becoming every man, every bit the man that he knew you would be. Uh, Big Boots kind of looks down uh, and, like, you know, rush, rubs the back of his head. He's like, yeah, uh, I all I've ever wanted to do is just make you and Dad proud. Um, and 
I I think I'm I'm doing what I can to 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 do that. See, she uh, seems to kind of internalize that, and um, before you leave, she says, uh, "You know, I I know he was before before it happened. You know, like they were they were never not proud of you." Oh. Yeah, I uh, I give her a big hug and uh, set out on foot. Excellent. Yeah, so the, the terrain is exactly as she described it. You kind of make your way out of the woods into this kind of hilly area, um, rather large hills, you know, and cliffs on the on the backside, um, still covered in trees. Um, you would find the, uh, the glen that she mentioned kind of off screen where these flowers tend to grow. You hear a frantic voice kind of uh, like, where are they? Where are they? Please, please, no, please. Uh, perception check? Sure. Uh, 15 total. All right. Uh, 15. Um, as you approach, you would see a beholder floating through the air, kind of going from bush to bush, uh, sniffing, licking, you know, chomping down on bushes, rattling trees, trying to frantically move around. Um, and she's the, the one that's making this noise. Uh, this beholder, you can see one of the eye stalks has been on the top has been cut off and there's been a bow, like a pink bow placed sideways. Um, kind of on that free-floating um, limp eye stock. Okay, it's not the same beholder we met before, right? Right. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, knowing this world, knowing beholders are pretty damn strong, Big Boots is going to try to like hide a little bit. Yeah. Go ahead and roll stealth. Fifteen plus. Six, uh, so 21. Six. I got a 19 on the dice. And, and with that, the uh, beholder just kind of starts sniffing around and says, who goes there? I know you're there. I'm going to throw a rock like towards a bush. It's just there, there. And uh, the beholder kind of tries to trace the path of the rock until finally, like the big eye is just right in front of you. And she blinks a few times and uh, says, hello there, young one. You're young, aren't you? You look young. Uh, hey, what's up? Yeah, uh, 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 age is is how you feel. Right. It's as I say all the time. Age is just a social construct. <laughs> uh, sometimes there's some laws that require age to be a real thing. <laughs> one of her, one of her eye stocks just does the whole like hand like Psh, please, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, the uh, the beholder says, well, you've got good young eyes. Have, have you seen them? Have you found them? Yes. And well, then then fork it over. I'll take all the all the uh, the orchids you have. Why? She says, well, I. Well, don't you know? What are you doing here if you don't know? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to have you cash in on my prize. Yeah, I'm just I'm here to I'm here to just do something for my dead dad, bro. Says, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And she just kind of backs off a little bit. Uh, wh- wh- what are you doing here? Um, go ahead and roll persuasion real quick. That is 22. 22. Um. She says, uh, well, my name's Gishin, and uh, there's a, a wizard that lives in these parts. His name is Hamlish. Okay. And uh, 
he, you know, likes the, uh, has a tower just over yonder. And uh, he put out a message uh, just, just a while back. Um, anyone that can find the, uh, the violet orchids, he'll take as many as possible. And, and they, I, I haven't been able to find one all day. Okay. Uh, what's the prize? He says, she says, well, it, uh, it depends on, on what you're after, really. Being a wizard, he can make several different things possible. She says, personally, and she kind of floats proudly, she says, I am going to be getting a new bow. Okay. Uh, that's cool. Um, bad news. Uh, you know how the whole thing I said I need, I'm doing something for my dead dad? Indeed. I also need an orchid. I just need one, but I do need one of them orchids. So I will also be looking for one. Says, oh, so your competition then. You see your big, her big <laughs> eye kind of squint at you. L- listen, if you want a bow, I can get you a fucking bow. Like, I'm not exactly a wizard, but I'm pretty, pretty crafty. It's really, you can make bow. You're just talking like a bow in your hair, right? Yeah. Well, he- I stock, but same diff. Uh, sorry, I stock. Yeah, hell yeah. I can make you, I can make you like three bows. She uh, just kind of waits there expectantly and says, well, that would certainly be better than straining my eye looking for these stupid flowers. Hell yeah. So uh, if you help me find a flower, I'll make you like three or four bows for like each one of your eye stalks if you want. She's very good. Yes. Yes. Very good. Um, Go ahead and roll perception, but with advantage since she's helping you. Uh, rolled an 11 and then a 17, so 17 plus 9, 26. Ooh, yeah. Um, so you, you guys just scour this entire glade here. Um, it's exactly as little I've described it, you know, this is the place where these things would grow, and you don't find a single one. At which point, um, Gishin seems kind of, uh, distraught. You know, she, cause, you know, while you guys are working, she would ask you about your father and kind of like what you're doing here and all that. And so she's upset for you that you can't find one of these flowers. She says, Oh, he's gone and picked them all already. That son of a bitch. Yeah. That motherfucker. Um, where's this tower at? Maybe we can jack one. She says, Oh, just a mile that way. Do you, would you, would you like me to show you? Hell yeah. That's very good. But in one of her eye stocks points at you, it'll cost you an extra bow. Think you can pay the price. Uh, what's her name again? Gishin. I, I I gently grab her eye stock like in my hand, like a handshaking, like, of course, anything for you, Gishin. As soon as you grab her eye stock, she just goes, it's kind of like it tickled a little bit. And uh, she says, very well, off to the wizard then. And she uh, kind of starts to like bounce back and forth as she's floating, like she's got a new sense of purpose. Made a new friend. Like, it's been a good day for her, you know? The uh, the wizard, Hamlish, um, you would be able to see his tower kind of off in the distance. Kind of a big ramshackle tower. Looks like it probably used to be a guard tower on one of the hills around here. So I could scout the surrounding area, but it's since been kind of repurposed um, into a wizard's tower. Uh, you see several windows kind of dotting their way up. Um, you would imagine based on the structure of, you know, how this place looks, there's probably a ground floor and then a staircase that leads up to the top floor. Uh, you've seen these kind of towers before, like easily. Sure. Um, so uh, Gishin would lead you right up to the front door and knock 
on it and say, hey, you old bastard, we, we got a bone to pick with you. I love Gishin. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, like yeah, hey, hey, you old, yeah, you old bag of dicks, get down here. I got a question for you. So kind of appearing out of the door, like the wood itself kind of contorts into a face. Um, you'd see the uh, the face of probably a middle-aged guy. He's got kind of a thin goatee. Um, looks like his hair's kind of receding, but it's covered in like a hood. Um, as this like wood face just goes to talk to you and says, go away, I'm busy. I'm at a crucial process in the, uh, a crucial step in the process. If I stop now, the whole thing could come undone. Well, what's your process? You resurrecting someone? You a necromancer? There's no, no, by gods, no. I'm not some kind of animal. Says here, give me ten minutes, and I'll be with you shortly. I think I'll wait. The uh, is it scalable? The tower? Yeah. the The DC would be very difficult. I th- There's I not guess... really a lot of things you could hold on to. It's mainly okay. just like stone. It's not impossible, just improbable. I think I'll just wait the ten minutes. Okay. Do you have anything for yeah. the other guys? I don't want this to be the Big Boot Show. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, so meanwhile, uh, back at camp, Little Love would um, kind of put you guys to work here if you're willing. Um, she would say, you know, there's uh, animals that need to be hunted. Once we hunt them, we bring them back and butcher them. And from there, we do the kind of chemical work of like putting them, like brining them, you know, so that it, it lasts. Um, so between those three jobs, who would which, who would want what? Who, who would be skilled with what? Uh, the hunting would be like an attack roll. Um, skinning it would be survival. And then probably like an intelligence roll for the, the brining process. Uh, <clears throat> Kalanon will do the brining process. Okay. I could do the, the hunting. They gasp. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> and that would leave Magna for the uh, butchering. Uh, yeah, sure. Which one would I need for that one? That one's survival. Magna is the butcher. All right. So, um, uh, Theron, as you, uh, um, as you head out from the camp, Little Love would be there with you. She's got like a, like a long bow that is, um, like much larger than the bows that everyone else is using. Um, and a quiver of arrows. Each arrow is like, I'm trying to compare it probably like, I mean, it's much thicker. I mean, essentially, she's using custom-made bow, custom-made arrows for, you know, for her, since she's larger than the other half-orcs. Um, go ahead and roll perception. 21. Excellent. So you would see a, a bear kind of making his way up over the hill. Looks like he's chewing on, like, a fresh squirrel. And uh, just kind of chilling. Uh, little Luff just kind of brings her, her pointer finger up to her mouth and goes, shh, we'll take it from opposite sides. As she moves around to the left and uh, readies a shot at the bear. Okay, Theron moves a little around to the right a little bit and readies his shot as well. Excellent. Um, there's a point, so you guys can kind of see each other on opposite sides of this bear. There's a point where she kind of motions with her hand like one, two, three, and then... Um, then you guys take your shot. Go ahead and make your attack roll. That'd be a ranged attack roll. Alright, that's a 27. Very good. And then her her attack hit too, so she shoots it in the back, you shoot it in the chest. Um, go ahead and roll damage on it. That'll be 13 damage. 
Excellent. Yeah, you guys, so um, because your shot hits it in the chest and it's kind of facing towards you, it starts to bleed profusely. And uh, this bear's got this like bloodlust look in his eye. It spits out the, the carcass of this squirrel and it charges you. Um, right as the bear, kind of like cinematically, right as the bear comes up on top of you and raises its paw to come try and slash at you, uh, you see the bear lifted up into the air as Little Love is standing behind it. She's picked it up with both hands, just kind of holding this bear aloft, which um, you would know, like, holy shit, this lady is like, like, who can do that, you know? Um, she uh, is kind of struggling to keep it up in the air, and she says, do you have a knife of some sort? Something to end this? Yeah, I pull out my uh, my short sword and just, you know, slit the bear's throat. Excellent, yeah. With that, I mean, it's like a coup de gras. The bear just kind of, you know, as it loses, it loses blood, it just kind of gets limp. At which point she puts it kind of on her shoulders behind her head. And uh, she says, well, very good. This will feed us for quite a while. Quite a lot of meat on these. And she smiles at you. She says, you're quite the hunter, Theron. Yep, uh, that's, uh, that, that, that's my subclass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very well-placed shot, if I do say so myself. Um, as you guys kind of make your way back to the camp, she would just ask, she'd say, uh, so, you know, I've heard Big Boots, he, he's, he's always been one to hide his feelings. Um, would, uh, how is, how is he doing? Just, you know, from, from a mother perspective, I want to know that he's okay. He, uh, he, uh, he, he seems to be doing all right. Every, every now and then when we're chilling around the fire, I, I catch a glimpse and I recognize the look in his eye. I think there might be a little bit of like sadness or regret deep down, but he plays it off pretty well. She uh, she just kind of smiles weakly. She says, uh, "Yes, that." Uh, did you have a chance to meet Big Daddy Goldcoin? I I did. He was the uh, he was quite the fella. She uh, she just smiles. She says, "That's that's one way to put it." Yeah, his uh, his absence has left quite a big hole in a lot of people's hearts. Yeah, but I I think Big Boots is is definitely a good one to fill that hole. Yes, he uh, he does have big boots to fill, and she kind of <laughs> playfully punches your shoulder, which like causes you to stumble to the side a little bit. But yeah, you guys make it back to the camp. Um, at this point, uh, so Magna, you would be alongside a couple of the, uh, these half-orc barbarians getting ready to, to butcher the thing. Um, so she flops the bear down and go ahead and roll a survival check. Eight. Eight. All right. So, uh, you pick up the carving knife and right when you go to cut it, um, you get like a whole bunch of hair mixed in with the meat as one of the other barbarians is like, bah, that's why, that's how you don't do it. <laughs> says you ever cut an animal up boy uh no not really we're supposed to separate the hair and the meat it doesn't taste that good together you feel i would imagine that's good and he uh kind of goes and like shows you a little bit like for the rump you know like how to cut where to cut go ahead and roll it again but with this guy helping you now um he's gonna give you advantage on the roll 18 there you go. That's better. Yeah. So with this guy's assistance, you know, um, you're able to cut this thing up into big hunks of meat, um, different cuts, at which point they uh, take that over to Kalanon. Uh, Kalanon, go ahead and make an intelligence roll. 
Ten. All right. Um, luckily, there's people there as well. They got these pretty big kind of uh, like like big barrels, you know, um, that they're filling with water and then kind of mixing salt in um, as they take cuts of meat and put it in the barrel. Um, they uh, they'd be able to guide you through it. Um, one of the the women that's doing this process, she uh, looks over. She says, "I've run out of salt, big boy. Can you go over and grab some for me?" Oh, sure. What kind of salt did you want? Did you want sea salt, kosher, finishing table? We don't have any of that posh fancy salt here. This Pick is the kind of the, we just call it knackle. Go grab the knackle. Oh my goodness! All right. So for those of you who aren't catching the reference. NACL is the chemical component for salt. That's why he's calling it knackle. It's a deep joke. Uh, I, I didn't get that at all. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they got uh, like a, a few barrels of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look for the knackle. knackle and what barrel? is your strength score? Uh, <laughs> 13. All right. Yeah, so that's good then. Go ahead and roll, uh, roll athletics. Um, is you kind of grab, you're able to grab like one barrel under each arm. Am I? Am I with a four? (laughs) 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 All right. Yeah. So you go grab the barrels and, uh, you will say that there's a little bit of mud. You slip in the mud and drop one of them. And, the the barrel just kind of cracks as salt comes out and you hear like multiple groans from the, uh, (laughs) <laughs> the brining station is they're like, ah, can I do a quick a fortune? Can I do a quick mending? <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead and roll it. Was it a uh, D four is how much you heal it for? Yeah. Let me just double check here. <laughs> Actually, uh, it's one minute casting time. So like, uh, yeah, it's not a, a dice roll. Oh, I figured it was like you heal a certain number of hit points. Uh, nope. The spell. It just heals it. It just fixes it. So yeah, it repairs just fixes single, like one cubic foot. Single, huh. yeah. Break or tear in an object you touch. Great. Is it? I've, I've. I don't think I've ever used the spell mend, so I wasn't sure. But yes, I would like to uh, 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 try and fix it. Excellent. Yeah. The uh, so the barrel fixes itself. There is still probably about two cups of salt that are just kind of mixing in with the mud. Um, at which point the uh, the Bryant Master is just like rubbing her forehead, like, "Oh, we'll have to get some more on the way back." Uh, s- sorry about that. Uh, I'm used. <laughs> I can't. I, I don't know my own strength. Or, or lack thereof, laddie. As well, very well. Come over. All's well that ends well. And she uh, has you pour the salt in the water, and they mix it up together. Um, get the big hunks of meat in there. And by the end of it, they got the whole thing packaged pretty well. You know, after kind of getting some honest labor out of you guys, Little Love and a couple of others would invite you over to the campfire. And they've got this pretty good barbarian mead that they make. Um, it definitely, it's, uh, I mean, it's cheap, but it tastes high quality, like a good box wine. Um, as they uh, kind of go to cook up some of the bear that you guys hunted and prepared. Look at us go! Wow, yeah. The whole time I imagined them just being like, oh, they're worse than big boots. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like we thought he was bad. (laughs) No, we'll say uh, Kalanon is one and two. Theron, three and four. Magna, five and six. All right. Kalanon, 
Um, so as you go to bite into your cooked bear, uh, a little bit of hair is uh, comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Just think of me. This this is fiber. Chewy, a lot chewier than I expected. See, little love, she's got like a mouthful of food and she just looks at you and starts laughing, kind of playfully slaps you in the back and says, oh, I can see you got the lucky piece, huh? <laughs> lucky piece? What, what? What? What is the reasoning behind this? As well, can you believe that of the entire bear that we skinned, only that piece was the one that had hair on it? You should play the lottery friend. Uh, I don't feel so lucky about this. I have... It all comes out in the wash. It'll put hair on your chest. I'm an elf. I don't really have it. <laughs> hair on my chest. This is exactly. So you need some. I don't want any. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they uh, they would teach you some like barbarian songs and stuff, kind of like like campfire songs and all that about uh, brotherhood and the uh, origin of the um, the Musha Thrasha symbol. You know. Um, kind of like the the first chief of the tribe, he uh, was the strongest of the tribe, but he also had kind of a, mer- a birthmark on his face, and uh, so that became a, a symbol of status and power within the tribe. Where any male, once they reach a certain age, they kind of prove themselves, and uh, once they've done so, then they get a a tattoo on their face to uh, symbolize, you know, that they that's kind of their passage of righthood into becoming a man. Oh, okay, that's absolutely. Fascinating, but we kind of saw that firsthand. Is oh yes, with big boots, yes, he uh, he definitely earned his uh, after the uh, well. And she kind of looks down and takes a big gulp, and she says, "I I." After hearing about it, the first thought that came to mind was, you know, is he okay? Is he safe? And she um, looks around the fire at the three of you, and she just says, "I'm." You have no idea how glad it makes me that he has three other companions to to look out for him. At which point, Nazar is going to be like, make that four. Uh, and Bobby? Yeah, you guys. Bobby's like, I don't really do much. I just almost die and then they save me. It's fine. <laughs> he knows his place. So, uh, meanwhile, outside the uh, the wizard's castle, or wizard's tower, rather. So, you got so, like a deck of cards or anything? You want to wait and play? You know, I, you know how to play war? Gishin says, uh, <laughs> I'll do you one better. And kind of like one eye stock glows and like opens like a little hand sized pocket dimension as she reaches inside with one of her eye stocks and pulls out a, uh, a deck of flesh cards. Oh, and she I'm, says, you ever hear the game scabs? Yeah. Oh, really? See, I've never had a decent challenge. All right, yeah, I'll play scabs with her. <laughs> Excellent. Go ahead and roll. Uh, just go ahead and roll a D 20. We'll say. Five. <laughs> you win the first hand, first hand easily. She got a three. <laughs> and she's just like, ah, be- beginner's luck. Another one. Another one. And she redra- you know, redeals the hand. A one? Uh, yeah, she got a ten this time. So you guys are one and one. At which point you see a big grin come over her face. Eleven. I also got eleven. Oh, we draw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she just kind of tilts her, her head sideways and she's like, well, that's kind of odd. I've never tied someone before. What What do we do? Who's Who's I, the winner? Do you know? I think we just 
I think we end it there. Like we're we're equally matched. She uh, takes a moment to consider and says, hmm, we'll just have to play again later. And she kind of, you know, starts to pack the cards, at which point you would hear an older male kind of walk up behind you in the grass. And he'd say, well, if my knowledge is correct, the goblin game of scabs in the instance of a tie, the one who has the highest card in their hand would be the winner. Stay out of this, old man. <laughs> this doesn't concern you. Because I thought you came to see me after all. Oh, yes, I, I am the wizard Hamlish. A pleasure. Pleasure to meet you. Hey, Hamlet, what's up? Um, So <sighs> I need a, a violet orchid for my dead dad. Says I uh, go ahead and roll persuasion. 17 total. Okay. Um, this die is not very good right now. He says, you're dead. Dead? Is, I don't understand. If he's already dead, why buy him flowers? He certainly uh, can't water them. Uh, it's it's a barbarian ritual. Um, I, I need to do it in order to pro- give him a proper farewell. He says, oh, you didn't mention that you were a barbarian. I guess it's written all over your face. And he chuckles to himself. Like, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of obvious, but, at, you know, not all of us get really good perception checks. It's all good. <laughs> he, uh, he says, come, there's something you must see. I admit, I, uh, I may have been a little overzealous picking those violet orchids in the glen. Uh, he says, come, come. And he kind of hurriedly makes his way into the tower, kind of beckoning you behind. Okay. Yeah. As uh, Gishin follows as well. Um, so in the bottom floor of the tower, that's where he's got like his bed and he's got like a bookshelf with some books in it. He's got a desk where he likes to practice artwork in his free time uh, with different like paints and dyes and stuff. Um, he takes you up the flight of stairs, kind of like a circular flight of stairs in the outside of the, uh, rather the inside of the, uh, the tower here up to the, lo- the, the upper flight, which is where he's got his, his laboratory. And, uh, you can see that he has, um, it looks like this big vat of red liquid that's boiling. Um, kind of a, a reddish purple liquid based on the description, same color as the violet orchid that your mother would have described. Okay. Um, yeah. So, did you use all of it up, Amy? He, uh, he says, well, uh, I, I believe so. I, I may have in my, my zeal to create this. He says, look, and he goes over and takes a, he like, he's got kind of a, a rotating chair and he goes and grabs a book and flips through it. He says, the, the man who taught me the way of uh, wizardry and such, uh, had a special, it was a, some sort of potion of health uh greater than like your normal health potion um he said one of the the key ingredient to bind all the things together is one of these violet orchids um he says i've you know through my spirit contacts and you know listening to the world it seems that some something is upon us and if i can save the most lives possible then i i would like to do so this way i dug out my master's old tome flipped through and tried to create as much of this draft as possible uh, so that, you know, when the time comes, the people, the, the sick and the wounded would uh, would be spared. Because all that's necessary when the time is right is one vial of this. That'll do the trick. Okay, yeah, that's very admirable of you. Um, yeah, shit's going to break bad in the world pretty soon. Um, do you know, this might be a little stereotypical. I don't know if all wizards know each other, but do you know Aris? He uh, slams the book and he says, why do you say that name? I, I've met him once 
and that's all I'll say until I see your reaction. <laughs> Roll insight. Jesus, my rolls are garbage right now. Uh, total of 13. Just the name Aris seems to have put him in a bad mood. You'd guess they probably had some bad blood. Yeah, he's a total dickhead. Like, bro, bro, look at me, hammy. Look at me, hammy. Total douchebag. Is right. Did he turn your fiance into a into a duck? He turned her into a fish. Did he proceed then to eat her? In more I mean, than I've, one way. I've been hungry before, but according to him, it's not technically cannibalism. Okay, yeah. That's true. Yeah, he's a total dickhead. Um, And I'm totally like... Alright, I want to like... I gotta get some revenge on him, right? Like, that's just... That's how you do, right? You know what I'm talking about. Huh? Huh? And I just kinda, like, any, any chance to Any chance to mess over Aris is good in my book. He's been given a little bit too much freedom and too much leeway. Oh, a hundred percent. So, um, is, is that vet there? Is that the finished product or is that like the, the violets kind of ground down? He says that will become the finished product. Yes. It just needs, uh, maybe about a week more to, to steep and stew. And then it'll, uh, it'll be ready for those that need it. Yes. Okay. Uh, so cowboy, I really need one of these orchids, um, for my funeral thing for my dead dad. That Aris pl- probably played a hand in, so I have like more revenge on my mind now. Um, what can you do for me, Hammy? Roll persuasion uh, with advantage, just because it, you know. It, it's a even if you, oh yeah, <laughs> Plus any nine. chance to mess over Aris, he's going to take, even if he doesn't fully trust the person. He's just like, oh, a chance to screw him over, done. Um, so net twenty, he uh, he says, so you need this flower. I, I regret to inform you that I'm all out, but here's what I can do. And he uh, takes a helmet from a soldier that he's just got kind of lying around, um, puts it upside down, and then says a magic word and, like, dirt appears in it. At which point he reaches deep into his pocket, which, like, you get the feeling he's, like, in his robe has, like, pockets of holding, you know? He reaches his arm way down into his, his coat pocket and pulls out some seeds and puts them in there. Then he spits on it and then uh, pours a, a pitcher of water and uh, hands you this this dirt helmet with the violet orchid seeds inside. Says that should do. Uh, what, what, how, how long are we talking to growth wise here? You have like a speed up spell? Says, why would I need to speed it up? It's as fast as it's going to get, my boy. Which is? Well, uh, results vary. Uh, Nine out of ten magicians, you know. I'm sorry, I thought I was dealing with a great and powerful wizard here. Alright, I guess I'm dealing with, like, the B-League. I've accepted what I am. (laughs) (laughs) That is is the best I can do for you, given circumstances. Okay, Um, how about a vial of that potion, too? It's not yet ready, though, is the only thing. Alright, um... You can maybe persuade him into it. Alright. I'm sorry, are you going to say? Well, uh, quick question... So you hate Aris. How do you feel about the Golden Empire? It's, eh, if they've taken him in, then I'm sour to them as well. But I That's wish them no harm. Them. Yeah, they're 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 homies with Aris now. Um, yeah. So you can't let the Golden Empire get this potion. They're of the big evil coming. They're responsible for it 100. percent Yeah, he uh, he would kind of like 
you know, kind of indiscriminate of which side needs it. He's planning on just if you're needy, then you get it, you know. You know, if they're helping Aris, then, or if Aris is helping them, then he'd probably be a little more stingy to the Golden Empire, but, like, his business is saving lives. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna do a quick persuasion, be like, uh, can I take a cup of that to go, let it stew on my own accord, and then I'll, I'll be out? Yeah, go ahead and roll that persuasion. Uh, 19 plus 9. Okay. 28. He, uh, he's, um, kind of materializes like an, like a silver flask. And uh, the flask is kind of, it's kind of hot to the touch because it needs to be kept warm for the next week, you know. Um, so he uh, kind of reaches his hand in, um, gets some of it in the flask, and then he corks it and hands it to you. Um, he says, you keep that. Make sure nothing opens it. Keep it warm. You hear? Otherwise, it, it'll just revert back to a normal health potion. Okay, cool beans. Like even when it's done brewing, you got to keep it warm? Uh, no, once it's done brewing, then it's fine. But for the next week, it's got, you can't uncork it at all. So as far as the stats on this health potion go, dice-wise, so it is a potion of superior healing, um, but instead of D4s, it heals D6s. So that'd be 8D6 plus 8. Damn. So this is the, the real deal. Amped up health potion. Um, I, I look at, a. Uh... Gr- Grungan? What's Gishin. her name? Gishin. Gishin. All right. Uh, hey, Gishin. Uh, let's head back to my camp with these seeds and potions. I'll make you the ribbons uh, when we get back to my camp. Yes, that sounds lovely. At which point, uh, Hamlish would just ask, you know, is there anything else you, you need from me? Um, you, you know how to enchant weapons and shit? Yes, I do, but that takes, you know, months at a time. Months of constant effort and work. You got, so anything you got anything on you then? Plastic. That's done? As well? High or low? Low. He says, I do have one thing. He says, I haven't found a use for it yet, but maybe in your travels it could benefit you in some way. Uh, should you use it for evil, I uh, will deny anything. Of course. There's a while back I had a, a kind of an odd run-in with a roguish type. When he, when he went to leave, he um, dropped this, and he hands you a key. Um, the uh, the head of the key is shaped like a skeleton. It's kind of like a black iron with the head of a skeleton, like a skeleton key is, is what it's called. Now, he did a uh, kind of like a magical investigation to see what this thing does. It's an uncommon magic item, and uh, basically it can alter itself to fit in any lock. When you go to use it, uh, you roll a, a d20, and on a nat 20, it'll unlock any door. And then it disappears. Okay. All right. So it's such that you could go years without using it effectively, or the first time you use it, it could be effective, and then it disappears. Fair enough. All right. 5% chance of it working. Right. And that's right. for any any locked door. Any lock, I should say. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Uh, head on back. Excellent. Yeah. Gishin follows excited for her bows. Um, as you guys make it back, it's around dusk-ish, and uh, Little Love is there. Um, she's just kind of excited, and she you see her look very puzzled as she sees you coming up with this helmet full of dirt. Yeah, and, Big uh, Boots, uh, uh, kind of his shoulders are shrump, uh, uh, slouched. He's, uh, he's a little bummed he wasn't able to get like the flower he needed. Hey, uh, Ma, um, couldn't get the flower... 
some some wizard took it all and used it to make like hemorrhoid cream or something. I don't know. Um, I got seeds and he spat on them, so I think that'll grow quicker. But I don't know how long it'll take. She just kind of uh, smiles and then she says, "You've done admirably, boy." And she pats you in the head. Um, rather than picking you up, she kind of like lets you walk beside her as you guys come back into the camp. Um, the sun is starting to go down. Um, the fire, big fire gets roaring, and uh, you guys are able to have some dinner. Um, kind of eating the bear, like the leftover bear that you didn't brine and salt and stuff. Right as the sun is setting, um, Little Love would say to Big Boots, um, you know, come, come, I, I found a, a, a hill nearby, just outside camp here, where the uh, the top is shorn of trees and you can get a good look at the stars. She says, come to me, c- c- come with me, let's, and, and bring the helmet too, please. Okay. Um, she, uh, before we do, do I'll be like, hey, uh, skull piercer, I point at one of the barbarians, uh, you got any ribbon to make bows out of? I need like seven. High or low? High. Boy, do I. I have so much ribbon. I have a net 20s worth of ribbon. Hot Holy dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, my girl Ganesh here needs a bunch of uh, bows for her, her eye stocks. Hey, as he pulls out his like ridiculous amount of ribbon, Gishin, you see her jaw just drop and she starts placing orders. I want pink. I want blue. I want <laughs> blue mixed with pink. I want large, small. I want one that sits backwards, one that floats above the eye stock. You know, and she's just like shouting out commands left and right. So yeah, little love goes and grabs the uh, the scroll that has the incantation. Um, she has you put the helmet right at the apex summit of the hill, and uh, right as the sun goes down, then she uh, says a few words, and um, you would see the flower instantly begin to grow and blossom in the darkness. Yeah, she says. I, I suppose one thing I forgot to tell you. Um, these things, when they first bloom, they, they bloom in the dark. Oh. Oh, that's handy. So so what do we do now, Ma? She uh, she says, well... Um, she uh, she would read, you know, several words from the sheet in, in her, her native language, you know. At which point the, the flowers finished blooming. And uh, she would say, well... Um, so one of our, our old leaders in my tribe, a very wise old leader, once said, if you love a flower, you don't pick it, you, you water it. You know, nourishing something is a better expression of love than picking it. And she says, uh, I think it would be appropriate to, to transfer this thing to, to the hill, like from the, the helmet to the hill. Okay, yeah, I, uh, I dig a little a little spot for, for the orchid to be placed in. And I place, gently place the orchid in the spot. Excellent. Yeah, and you can tell, I mean, the, the roots kind of take in, you know, you can tell it's it's gonna, this is gonna be the next grove over time of these flowers, you know? Um, at which point she lays down on her back to stargaze, kind of like, you know, like you guys did when, when you were young and Big Daddy Goldcoin and Little Love were there, kind of start, you know, kind of just stargazing. You see a few uh, meteors pass through the sky, and she said, well, the, uh, the final part of this ritual is just... Um, Everyone in attendance shares uh, a memory. Uh, I remember one of my oldest memories. Dad took me out hunting with him. And it was cold, and it was wet, 
and I was not having a good time. Um, and he was so patient with me. I, I, I couldn't hit anything with the sling. I was too weak to string the bow and shoot anything. And, and we came back empty handed, but he, he didn't, he didn't get upset. He was very patient and, and reassured me that I did my best and that's all he ever wanted. And I, I always knew that as long as I at least tried and did my best, he wouldn't be upset with me. She, uh, she smiles and just kind of like leans, you know, cause you're both on your back looking upward. She's kind of leans over and uh, looks back at you and kind of reaches her hand out and grabs your hand. Her hand's very warm and kind of squeezes you, squeezes it in like a loving way. Um, she says, my, says, my greatest memory of your father was the day that we found you. Um, she says, you were so small. You were huddled inside of a, a, a charred house. Could barely even walk from the look of you. The gnome tribe that had been raiding the, the outer settlements, um, they had been defeated and scattered and you were the only one left. He says there were some in our tribe that wanted, you know, saw you as one of the enemy, wanted you, you to be put to the sword like the others. Um, but Big Daddy Goldcoin refused and uh, gave up his Musha Thrasha in, in lieu of, you know, because, you know, you can you, you get that as a you know, symbol of honor and stuff. Um, he for he chose to forego that and ask the chief who he was good friends with um, for a favor instead, which was being allowed to adopt you. You know, the chief would kind of question it, but also be like, fine, you're my friend. This will be, you know, Big Boots is your Musha Thrasha, like your proof of manhood. So let's see what you do with him. Um, but yeah, and then as you as she finishes sharing her story, uh, the flower begins to kind of glow with this like dim light. And uh, that's kind of proof that the ritual works. And uh, she says that in her culture, that is the spirit of the deceased being there with them as you guys stargaze. 